Ladies and gentlemen, the secret word tonight is bread. B-R-E-A-D. Really? You bet your life! Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from Rapidly Rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this evening's show, we'll visit the post office, enjoy some bread, take a musical trip to Hungary, watch the clock, and celebrate the birthday of Shelton Brooks. If you go to the post office to mail a package these days, you have to declare that nothing inside is infectious, explosive, pornographic, perishable, combustible, endangered, or covered by a host of other prohibitions and restrictions, including the mailing of a live human being. Time was, however, when it was perfectly legal to mail a baby. What?! The U.S. Post Office's Parcel Post Service for shipping large packages started on January 1, 1913, and right away parents started sending their children through the mail. Mail carrier Vernon Lytle picked up Mr. and Mrs. Jesse Beagle's 10-pound, 12-ounce baby boy and safely delivered him to his grandmother about a mile away. The postage was 15 cents, and the parcel was insured for $50. On February 19, 1914, Charlotte May Pierstorff was mailed by train from her home in Grangerville, Idaho, to her grandparents' house about 73 miles away. And in 1915 in Kentucky, Maud Smith, who was three years old and weighed 30 pounds, was sent through the mail at a cost of 33 cents. Uh, postage has gone up a bit since then. By 1915, however, the post office department decided they would leave delivering babies to obstetricians and officially put a stop to baby mail. So, to paraphrase the Postal Service's unofficial motto, neither snow nor rain nor heat nor gloom of night shall stay me from the swift completion of a set of rapidly rotating records about the mail. Good morning, Doctor. Ah, good morning. Good gracious, you're ill. What you need is exercise, walking. Walking? <laughs> Why, I'm the postman. Mm, where are my glasses? Oh, sure enough. Uh, uh, you're all run down. What you need is rest. Two dollars, please. Excuse me, Doctor, but I can't make out the address of this letter. Is it for you? Uh, it's from my daughter, yes. She writes a very cramped hand. You see, she lives in a flat. What is it? Dear Father, we are well and happy. The baby has grown ever so much and has a great deal more sense than he used to have. Hoping the same of you, I remain your daughter Molly. Get out. 
<laughs> uh, hello, here's the letter for the cook downstairs. Oh, my, she's Irish, you see, and her name it is Minnie McGee. That's me, what do you want? Oh, it's the letter from me, sweetheart, over in Ireland, Danny Finnegan, bless his heart. Oh, I'm so excited. Here, see what's this? The rose is red, like Biddy's head. The shamrock's green, so are you, Miss Killeen. Sure, it's an ugly valentine. Get out of sandy thing. <laughs> hey, mister, have you got anything for easy to grrrrp at me? Say, are you having a fit? No, sir, that's my name, King Isidore, Anditor of this store. I'm waiting for my fire insurance papers since last Wednesday. You have a fire Wednesday? No, sir, next Tuesday. Oh, let's see here. Here it is. Thank you, sir. I put that in a nice, safe place where it won't get wet. Yes, put it in the bathtub. <laughs> Hello? Here's a registered letter for George W. Johnson. I wonder if he's in. I'll not. Stop that knocking. Here's the mail. Stop that knocking. Here's the letter. Oh, you better stop that knocking at my door. Let me in. Stop that knocking. Money boy. Stop that knocking. All right. Oh, you better stop that knocking at my door. Better come down. This letter's pretty heavy. Had some money left you? Yes, it left me long ago, and I've been short ever since. Oh, but this is a money order. I didn't order any money, but if it's for Johnson, give it to me.
receiving. Take friendship for a joke. Some folks are so deceiving. Take friendship for a joke. Yeah, till 1993, 
sitting on the inside, looking at the outside, waiting for the evening mail. The world's greatest entertainer, Al Jolson, at least according to Al Jolson, with Waiting for the Evening Mail. The full title of that Billy Basquette song is Sitting on the Inside, Looking at the Outside, Waiting for the Evening Mail. This recording was made June 12, 1923, and was the last Jolson made for Columbia before switching over to Brunswick in January of the following year. Before Jolie, it was Tiny Mayberry, with one of six issued sides from a July 20, 1938 DECA session, Mailman Blues. I could find no information at all about Tiny Mayberry, and those six sides appear to be her only recordings. She was in good company, however, with Lil Hardin Armstrong on piano, Buster Bailey on clarinet, Wellman Broad string bass, trumpeter Charlie Shavers, and Sid Catlett on drums. We started that postal set with Len Spencer and George W. Johnson and Spencer's comic dialogue, The Merry Mailman. That Columbia 78 was made around 1905 or 1906. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last week I played a set of rapidly rotating records about doorsteps, what we here in the U.S. know to be a step leading up to the outer door of a house. But I learned from friends and listeners Bill and Lynn, who are from England, that their doorstep can also mean a very thick slice of bread, as one you'd cut yourself from an unsliced loaf. Perhaps because of its resemblance to a brick or a doorstop, but regardless, here with best wishes to Lynn and Bill, who are removing their residence back to England tomorrow, is another set of rapidly rotating records about doorsteps this time the edible kind. The latest news has struck me funny Said you have no friends if you haven't got money And all of us good folks in distress But I'm gonna get something off of my chest 1932 won't be long And when you place your vote Please don't vote wrong Vote away those blues The breadline blues to rid my breadline blue now listen here folks and it ain't no joke we've got to do something or we all gonna croak we can't get a job we've all been robbed we've got no money and the corn's all cob we've nothing but blues the breadline blues
we had state rights, I'll leave it to you. We could all have fun and better homebrew. Says a long-eared mule standing over his box To the big mouth elephant you drink like an ox You had twelve years proved nothing but a curse Instead of making it better it's getting worse and worse Says a long-eared mule, I ain't no fool The elephant said, you long-eared mule Will you shut your mouth, never been to school the mule said, elephant, it ain't no joke. We've got to do something or we all gonna croak. We ain't got nothing but a carload of tacks and the doggone loads just breaking our backs. We've got the blues, the breadline blues. The latest news has struck me funny Says you have no friends If you haven't got money And all of us good folks in distress But I'm gonna get something off of my chest 1932 won't be long And when you place your vote Please don't vote wrong Vote away those blues The breadline blues
What kind of bread is that? It must be good bread. Bread and gravy, beans and bacon, lots of beans and bacon. No more fretting since I'm getting lots of bread and gravy all the time. Peace and quiet, lots of peace and quiet. Friends and money. Lots of friends and money. No more rambling through with scrambling. Keep up with the Joneses all the time. Got no reason to be swell, and my clothes all fit me well, and I wear a nice ring. I'm as free as I can be. My honey's loving me, so I just can't keep from singing. Bread and gravy, lots of bread and gravy. Good night kisses, and my man never misses. No bad news now, no more blues now. Lots of bread and gravy all the time. I'm as free as I can be, and my honey's loving me, so I just can't keep from singing. Bread and gravy, lots of bread and gravy. Good night kisses, my man never misses. No bad news now, no more blues now. Lots of bread and gravy all the time. Ethel Waters with Ed Mallory and his orchestra having some bread and gravy on August 15, 1939. This bread and gravy was written by Hoagy Carmichael and is not to be confused with the 1923 bread and gravy from the book All That Matters, written by Edgar A. Guest, who recorded it for Victor as a recitation. Ethel Waters was preceded by Fats Waller and his rhythm, with Fats providing the vocal refrain on Shorten and Bread, recorded in Chicago on January 2nd, 1941. We started that Staff of Life set with Slim Smith and Breadline Blues. Victor 23526 was recorded February 5th, 1931, and yes, that was King Benny Nawahi on slide guitar. Bernard Charles Slim Smith was born October 27th, 1899 in Pope, Mississippi, where the family had a small farm. 
At the time of the 1920 census, he was listed as a clerk in a hotel, but later in the 20s, when during a recording session his brand new Hudson Roadster was stolen, he became an inventor. His patent application for a permutation padlock was filed May 21, 1928, and patent number 1,755,521 was granted on April 22, 1930. Smith wrote Breadline Blues while living in New York and observing a breadline from his hotel window. He died October 16, 1991, and is buried in Stone Mountain Cemetery in Georgia. Theodore Moses Tabani was born May 2, 1855, and of course you remember from his birthday tribute last year that his most famous composition is Hearts and Flowers. Tabani also wrote a song called Hungarian Fantasia. It was recorded by the Edison Concert Band, but I couldn't locate a copy. Fortunately, however, I did find some other Hungarian tunes. Hey, waiter, take my order, please. I'm in a hurry. Well, what do you want? Two ten-minute boiled eggs. Rush, two ten-minute boiled eggs. The man is in a hurry. Two ten-minute boiled eggs. The man is in a hurry. One glass of milk. It shouldn't smell from herring. One glass of milk from herring. It don't smell. Say, Vater, what's the matter with my liver, huh? I don't know. Go and see a doctor. Say, Vater, I ordered a hamburger steak. Can you change it to chicken? What do you think I am, a magician? Mr. Goldstein, Mr. Goldstein, please don't drink your soup so loud. Why, I can't hear the orchestra music playing. Ah, good evening, Hyman. How do you do? What are you going to have tonight for supper? Well, I'd like to have a nice tenderloin steak and french fried potatoes. Would you like to have some nice fried onions with that steak? No, just a steak and potatoes. We got some nice fresh mushrooms. It would go very delicious with that steak. No, no, just a steak and potatoes. Would you like to have some asparagus? Say, what's the matter with you? Are you blind? Can't you hear? I'm telling you, I just want a steak and potatoes. Hey, Vater, Vater, what's the idea of bothering around with our customers, huh? You want to drive him out? No, I want to make him feel at home. He's a barber. One side, gangway. One side, please. Look out. Oh, I couldn't help it. He pushed my arm. I, I, I. I, I, shut up and clear away the Debris. Say, Sam, when the dishes fell down, the waiter's face turned as white as your shirt. One piece of apple pie with cheese. The cheese should be neutral. One piece of apple pie with American cheese. Hey, waiter, you got pie marked on my check, and I only had a sandwich. That's all right. I can't spell sandwich, so I put down pie. It costs the same. One slice of watermelon with earmuffs. We only got one earmuff left. All right, cut the slice in half. Hey, Vater, have you got a couple of nice tender corn? Sure, I got two. One on each foot. Know how they bite me. Roast beef medium. Roast beef medium. One lentil soup. Make it thick. Vater, is this apple or peach pie? I don't know. Taste it. I can't tell the difference. Well, what kind of pie did you want? Peach. Eat it. It's peach. Hey, Vater, give a look at this chicken. The wing looks chopped off. That's nothing. That chicken had a fight with another one. Well, then take this back and bring me the winner. Hey, boss. Well, what do you want? Is Ike Levy good for our supper? Did he order it or did he just eat it? No, he just ate it. All right, tell him he's good for our supper. But the next time he comes in, ask him to change your quarter. And if he ain't got the change, then don't take his order. Home be cup of Demi-Test coffee. Ah, this soup is handsome. I just love soup. So I hear. 
say, Jake, I heard a good joke last night. Listen, Levi goes into a delicatessen store, looks in the glass showcase where they keep the fish and the meat, then he points with his finger and says to the clerk, give me 10 cents, what is that salmon? The clerk looks and says, that ain't salmon, that's ham. So Levi says that I ask you what it was. <laughs> Wait, there ought to be a Hungarian goulash and tell the orchestra to play the Hungarian Rhapsody. I love to hear the Hungarian Rhapsody when I'm eating my Hungarian goulash. I suppose if you ordered a baked apple, you would want the orchestra to play William Tell. Two orders of fruited pruny. One and pork sardine sandwiches. One cheese sandwiches. One tongue sandwiches. One tongue sandwiches. One fruit grape. One fruit grape. One stewed pruny. One stewed pruny. Have you got the order? I have. Cancel it. Why? The customer went with the boss across the street to our good restaurant to eat.
I do love Pauline Alpert. That was her take on Liszt's Hungarian Rhapsody, number two, which starts off traditionally enough, but then she demonstrates what earned her the title of the Whirlwind Pianist. That's from a Sonora 78 made in 1943 or 44. Hungarian Rhapsody was preceded by Conway's band with Hungarian Reg, composed by Julius Lenzberg. Several others recorded Hungarian Reg, but Patrick Conway appears to be the first on July 7, 1913. And we started that Hungarian set in a Hungarian restaurant with the Avon Comedy 4 and Hungarian restaurant scene, which was heard in the Broadway play Why Worry. It opened at the Harris Theater on August 23, 1918, but ran for just 27 performances. This recording was made almost exactly two years earlier on August 11, 1916 by Victor. I'm Glenn Robison, and the show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7 KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. This and all our previous shows are also available on demand anytime at all online at RapidlyRotatingRecords.com. And we're on all the major podcast directories. Last week I played Ten O'Clock Town, written by Michael H. Cleary. It almost got cut for time, but you may have noticed I clipped the opening theme and IDs in order to squeeze it in. I was prepared to roll it over to this week, along with some other O'Clock songs. You heard it, but I figured why not go ahead and have a set of O'Clock songs anyway. Here's Vic Myers and his orchestra.
one of Ted Weems' earliest records, and it's a good one. From January 16, 1924, 9 O'Clock Sal, written by Billy Hayes, Nelson Ingram, Jack Leroy, and Jim O'Leary. That's from Victor 19258. Eight hours earlier, or maybe it was four hours later, it was Johnny Hamp's Kentucky Serenaders with One O'Clock Baby. Franklin Bauer was the vocalist, and Victor 20644 just had its 92nd birthday yesterday, having been recorded May 4, 1927. According to the discographies, you can have the blues almost any hour on the hour. There's 1 o'clock blues and 4, 5, and 6 o'clock blues. Oddly, there's no 2 o'clock blues that I could find, but there is 3 o'clock blues, which started off that set. That was Vic Meyer's orchestra from Vocalion 15056, waxed December 1st, 1924. He's not very prominent, but Harry Reeser was in there on banjo. Vic Meyer's gets composer credit for 3 O'Clock Blues, along with Bob Gordon. That master was also released in England on the Levaphone label, as by the Dixie Plantation Orchestra. Jack Levy, L-E-V-Y, started selling cylinder records in London at the turn of the century, eventually opening a shop called the Home of Music. Specializing in foreign records, Levy created the Levaphone label and reissued hot sides from Vocalion and Pathé. He eventually built two recording studios and a manufacturing plant in London for his Oriel label, which issued custom pressings. Yesterday, May 4th, marked the birth in 1886 in Amherstburg, Ontario, Canada, of Shelton Leroy Brooks. His father was a preacher at the Nazare African Methodist Episcopal Church, and as a boy, young Shelton, Shelton, not Sheldon, played organ and piano at home. In 1901, his family moved to Detroit, Michigan, a distance of only about 16 miles, And although he had no formal musical training, Brooks began performing as a ragtime pianist in Detroit and Chicago clubs. Following a brief stint as a train porter, he toured on the Keith and Orpheum vaudeville circuits, performing as a Burt Williams imitator, and pursued a songwriting career. His first hit was Some of These Days, which caught the attention of Sophie Tucker in 1909, who adopted it as her theme song. Brooks wrote songs for and starred in several 1920s Broadway musical comedies and reviews, followed by a nightclub act and a radio show on CBS in the 30s. In the 1940s, he lived right here in Fontana, California, and I'm in touch with the Fontana Historical Society to see what more I can find out about his time here. He died on September 6, 1975, in Los Angeles. Brooks' other big hit was 1917's Darktown Strutter's Ball, inspired by a ball at the 1915 Panama Pacific Exposition in San Francisco, 
but here are some less well-known songs by Shelton Brooks. If today your heart is filled with sorrow Just smile and drive your sorrows away You will find the dawn of a bright tomorrow Your heavy heart grows lighter day by day If you will keep on smiling Smile your bluesies away For when you're blue, a smile will pay. Smile and the world will smile with you cause it's known that when you begins to wake, don't cry, it will never make the pain go. Don't be a coward, just look forward to the rainbow. Laugh at sorrow, look for tomorrow's bright rain. And keep on smiling, Smile your bluesies away Life is what you make it When you're sad, just try to shake it Cause it's best to keep us smiling all the while Shedding tears has never got a person anywhere Except in the land of sorrow, pain and care My advice to you is keep your troubles to yourself Lay your burdens on the shelf Greet misfortune with a sunny smile. Those weary blues you'll never have to sing. Just you let mine be over matter, that's the thing. When the one you love is loving someone else, I will admit you'll want to cry some. But here is my belief. Stomp your foot and grit your teeth and say, by gum, all you got to do is laugh at sorrow. Look for tomorrow's bright ray. And keep on smiling, smile your bluesies away.
Harry Rademan's Jazz Orchestra around April of 1920 with Gene from OK4121. Gene was also recorded by Edwin J. McAnally's orchestra on May 4, 1920, but their effort was rejected by Victor. I know, how dare they? I'd love to hear what McAnally did with that tune, especially if he picked up the tempo a bit. Before Gene, the six Brown brothers were walking the dog on June 20, 1916. Victor 18140 was last played on the show exactly five years and one day ago. Walkin' the Dog was written by Brooks, Slap White, and Guy Shrigley, who wrote at least a few other songs, including I've Got the Ain't Got Nothin', Never Had Nothin' Blues. I'm gonna try to find a copy of that and see about getting Guy Shrigley his own segment. Eva Taylor started off the set, backed by Clarence Williams' Blue Five, on Smile Your Bluesies Away, with words and music by Shelton Brooks. That's from OK 8463, waxed April 16, 1927. Eva Taylor had some good advice with Smile Your Bluesies Away, but that's sometimes easier said than done. So I hope listening to these fun old rapidly rotating records has helped chase away any bluesies you may be experiencing. I know it does for me. I'm Glenn Robison, and I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week. And as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. ¶¶